This podcast is brought to you by eBay, the original destination for thrifty secondhand fashion. everyone it's Bay Garnet here thank you so much for listening in on my podcast called this old thing and I'm a stylist a fashion editor and I'm a lifelong thrifter and I've always really loved clothes and the stories around them whenever I buy something from a charity shop I think oh who had this where's it been <laughs> um and I've always loved the individuality and freedom of secondhand and now more than ever we need to think about shopping and consuming in a more sustainable way and uh, for me secondhand is really quite a good answer to that. I'm really delighted to introduce my guest this week and um, Jamie Pellman is her name and she, I met Jamie, she was a creative director of British Vogue, did a fantastic job and then she went on to be the founder of a really stupendous magazine um, called More or Less. And it's really the first publication to prioritise sustainability in the fashion industry. And it looks really great. I really love the way you've made it look. And um, Jamie, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you Um, for having me. And let's just jump in. So tell me, um, what's your relationship with clothes? I imagine it must have changed from working, not to put words in your mouth, but having <laughs> been at the creative director at British Vogue and now so sort of immersed in sustainable way of life in terms of clothes. How's that changed your relationship with clothes? I mean, of, of course it has. Um, you know, I've always, I've always loved clothes and um, really appreciated fashion, but I've always, I kind of got into fashion more, less of less of like a fashion obsessive. I'm not. I've never been the kind of person that runs out to buy the new season collections right after they hit the catwalk. That was sort of never my style. But I've always really appreciated fashion and and love clothes. Um, and I've always shopped vintage. And I think um, now having a magazine that's much more focused on sustainability and and um, circularity and resale and all that. Um, definitely, I shop a lot less than I used to. And um, I, of course, I focus on vintage, which is something I always have done. But I, I'm much more conscious of the decisions I make when I go shopping. And do you think when you were at Vogue, were you sort of sick of the relentless selling of new stuff? Or Yeah, no, I, I kind of was. It was more like I think the last few years I was there, um, you know, obviously, it just felt like everything in fashion in general was getting so excessive and yeah. there's so many, so many seasons and so much content being made and so much overproduction and excess and everything yeah. was getting so kind of expensive and also a bit boring because I think there was so much being squeezed out of every single brand and every single person be, um, behind a brand. It just felt like everything became a little bit sort of like um, clockwork and like, you know, like a well-oiled machine. Mm. And it began to feel a little bit less fun and inventive and individual. And I just kind of, um, I created more or less as a reaction to that. And it was, it wasn't something I planned as like, I'm going to make a magazine about sustainability, but it was more like a gut feeling I had that I just felt sick of the way everything was going. And I wanted to create a platform to celebrate fashion, 
the individuality of fashion, um, individuality of style, vintage shopping, just like what I went on my gut instinct of what I thought was cool and interesting at, at that moment. And um, the deeper I get into making the magazine and the more people I met through it, the more I became educated about how important sustainability was and um, how vital the conversation around um, sustainability and climate change was at this very moment in time and, and how it was connected to fashion. Very interesting. I mean, I, I think you've said it really, really well. You know, a well, a well-oiled machine as well. You know exactly where it's to start. Whoa! Yeah. Just stop. The wheels yeah, but also like a like a broken machine. Like all mm. the and and also like Fashion Week was a big thing for me too. It just felt so silly. Like everybody yeah. kind of spending all this time in a car. Basically, you spend the majority of Fashion Week in the back Insane. of a van, being shipped around from location to location for 10 minutes of this experience. Oh, crazy. And it felt crazy at the time, right? It, it felt really crazy. Did. It like, this, is, this is absurd. I am yeah. here, but this is, I know this is absurd. Uh-huh. Do you think that a lot of, sort of, it seems like a lot of big brands are kind of, you know, recognizing the impact of fashion and sort of signing up to new ways of doing things do you feel like that's a real thing or do you feel that there's a lot of greenwashing going on? Well, I think I think two things about it. I think there is a lot of greenwashing going on and it's a real moment where I think big brands are expected to show that they're responding to this need for sustainability as a PR thing. But at the same time, I do feel like no brand is going to be able to change overnight, especially a really big established brand. And I think creating these smaller capsule collections and things like that are a good experiment for these brands to look into mm. new ways of production and to dip their toes into finding better ways to produce. And I think as long as a brand has like a really clear long-term trajectory to become fully sustainable or you know, to lower your carbon imprint by X amount in the next five years, I think if you do these little steps, that's okay. But I think to do something as a token just for a PR stunt, um, that to me is greenwashing. So yeah. it's really about what the long-term intention is, I think, for the brand. I think you're right. And I have heard, you know, I don't know much about it really, but I know that it's incredibly complicated and expensive to change systems totally. in terms of production I mean, of clothes. I do know that much. I don't know any so more hard. than that. But, you know, <laughs> it's not like, hey, I'm just going to go sustainable. It's It's a real... It's huge. It's like these factories that people rely on and, you know, the people that work there. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's a mess and it's it's a lot to clean up and it's not going to happen overnight. You're right. Um, Your first cover was Kate Moss in Vintage. And it was, God, that's coming in with a bang. Um, (laughs) That's really exciting. You've had great people. I love the... I love Chloe Sevigny, the kind of a, oh, the voting issue of Chloe Sevigny and, yeah. and Amber Valletta. You know, you've I love the people that you put on the covers. It's great those people are really kind of, um, you know, on board. And is that, totally. Is that, is that you reaching out to agents? How does that work? Do they love the idea? Do they love the sustainability? And it's a stylish looking magazine. I mean, how does that work in terms of getting people? Well, I was like shocked that Kate had said yes to doing the first issue. I mean, she, you know, obviously we know each other from working together at Vogue for so many years, but she didn't need to do this magazine cover. And I was like, 
so I couldn't. I was beside myself. I couldn't believe it that she said yes. And um, to me, she's she's one of the most iconic vintage pinups um, that I you know that I know in my lifetime. Like in the '90s, her style, she really kind of um, pioneered all of that, you know. And um, so to get her on board, I think was incredible. And she's super loyal. And I think it was great. You know, she wanted to work with James Brown. Her hairdresser, who actually was with her by her side all those years, helping her pick out all these incredible, glamorous vintage frocks that she wore on the red carpet um, before anybody else was doing it. And um, so I was really lucky to get her on board. And then I think once people see Kate gets on board, then everybody else is kind of fine with yeah, it yeah, after yeah. that, I suppose. But there's also all these incredible women like Amber Valletta and Paloma and Chloe and Edie um, who just have so much to say about, you know, sustainability and vintage. They've, they've already got so much that they, they want to talk about and it's great to give them a platform to do so. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. They've, they've, they've really been doing it, especially someone like Chloe who's oh, just like I a know. genius at it and so she's well practiced, you know. She's just, <laughs> no. she's a genius, oh, she's a genius. And then moving on, thanks a lot, Chloe. Um, what would you never wear? What I would never wear, I'd never wear new fur. Right. That's for sure. Maybe right. vintage fur I would wear, but nothing new. Right. Yeah, okay, but that's a good one. And what is your favorite vintage find ever? Uh, oh my God, that's so hard. I've had so many, um, so many amazing vintage finds, I mean, over the years. I probably. I talk about this leather jacket that I got in high school that I still have. Um, so that's an incredible vintage find because it's still lasting me many, many years later. Um, from this shop in New Hope, Pennsylvania called Love Saves the Day. And um, it's just one name. of those classic biker uh, jackets. Vintage. Oh, wow, really? Oh. Yeah, so that was great. Um, you know, and then I, I kind of grew up wearing like my parents, like I started off dressing in my, my parents old clothes. So all my, my mom's old dresses from the sixties, all these baby doll dresses, wow. um, and like little, you know, these like vinyl, black vinyl belts. Um, my dad had all these like skin tight polo necks that were like knitwear. I mean, just like incredible that, that I was wearing in high school. That's so cool that they kept them all. You know? I know, I know. And then they got rid of them after <laughs> after no. I left and moved to London. Oh, no! A long time. I know, they threw them away without uh, consulting me. I was it's like, but Dad, the 70s is so in this season. I know. It never goes away. Yeah, it never goes away. It, it always goes comes away. back. Yeah, and the same with 60s baby doll. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think you'd like to be wearing when you're 80? Oh, God. Well, I think I just, you know, I was thinking about this um, actually last year because I went to uh, I went to this exhibition about Georgia O'Keeffe, actually, mm. uh, before lockdown in Florida. And um, it was all about her. It was more about her style than it was about her work. And it was all of these incredible dresses that she made. And she was just living in Santa Fe out in the desert as this old woman wearing these like incredibly chic black dresses that she made herself and i was like i want to be like that i want to get chicer and chicer as i get older i want to like dress it up take it up a notch and just wear the most glamorous like chic uniform i can find 
Um, so stylish. I know. I mean, honestly, I was thinking that last year and then suddenly lockdown happened and I was in like sweatpants for six months. The opposite. (laughs) But maybe this year it's going to happen. I'll get more glamorous. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Any fashion faux pas that really sticks in your memory from your teens? Um, I was like a really adventurous dresser in my teens and I think probably there were a million faux pas. I started dressing, I started wearing men's pajamas to to school, (laughs) like my dad's old pajamas, and I would just kind of wear them with sneakers, and that was kind of crazy. I think Kurt Cobain had started doing it, and I was like, okay, if Kurt can do it, I can do it. Um, But I look back, and I kind of looked ridiculous. Um, I bet you didn't. I I don't know. (laughs) I I just look like a freaky child in... um, in Converse and pajamas in school. God, it makes you remember you saying that, just how insanely stylish Kurt Cobain was. Just like, He was so incredible. He was so good looking as well. Just so good looking. Yeah, it was so hot. And so hot. Genius. Genius! Yeah. Um, Is there a piece of clothing that you remember someone from your family wearing that's really stuck in your mind, like maybe your dad wearing polo necks in the 70s? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is there something like that that really you remember very well? I mean, all of it. My parents were just like super stylish. My dad like um, had this incredible kind of like orangey brown leather blazer, which was like tailored. And and I actually took that off of him um, while I was in high school as well. And tell me, what favorite vintage store or sustainability brand would you recommend to to listeners? Um, I mean, you know, I just, for me, like I love like thrifting when I was growing up and I used to go to um, my favorite Salvation Army was this one in Trenton, New Jersey called Red, White and Blue. Did you ever go there when no, you lived in New York? No, New Jersey. I went to Queens in the Bronx, but I never went. Uh, Shit, I wish I'd known. It was kind of amazing. You'd go there and you'd fill up these garbage bags filled with clothes and I think they like weighed them for you and that's how you paid it. You so paid good. by the pound. But So that was great. But I've always loved like the Salvation Armies. Um, I don't have as much luck in them these days. I feel like it is kind of, they're a bit more watered down now with like high street castaways. Um, but. And tell me which band or singer, like um, just one ever just has one. the best styles, you think? Well, I was thinking about this. I mean, I always loved Lady Miss Kier from Delight. Like she was oh, such yeah. an icon for me growing up. And that 60s, I mean, the 60s were kind of my, 60s and the 90s were probably my era and I just think she epitomized that sort of like 60s thing in the 90s Um, and she was so pretty and was so such an incredible performer back then Um, so I just thought she was iconic she you're right she was the uh, my only problem is that when I'm at a dance party and that's (laughs) grievous in the heart I'm like no Oh God! I know no. that. Can we just skip that song yeah, forever? Can we that's skip, on forever yeah, skip. You're right. No. That's, can we skip that song? Kills forever? it for me. But oh, everything man. else, but she's amazing. Totally, she's she amazing. Fabulous. And what's your favorite style decade? I mean, you have just said the 60s or 90s, but if you I had think to it's pick 60. 60s, oh. but also Jamie. For yeah. those of you that don't know Jamie, she is very 60s in your frame, and you're a bit mere, bit. I always think of you a bit Rose Ruth baby. Kind of Mia oh, Farrow, yeah. like kind of, you know, petite, yeah. and you you really you're very good at 
channeling the 60s. It kind of comes very naturally to you. Totally. Um, I mean, so, those, those yeah. are the clothes that look best on me. Yeah. Like I've tried, I've tried them all. And like, like some eras work, some eras don't, but 60s always kind of works. The eyeliner works, the short hair works for me. Yeah. Um, between the 60s and the 90s, I'd take the 60s, I think. But I love the way that, because you love it, you've also made it work for you. You know, yeah. that's the kind of, that's where you've really tapped into that decade. I love how totally. that becomes so real, kind of love of something. Um, who would you say is your star pinup if you had to choose one? One star pinup. Um, style, yeah, style, style, style same thing, I guess. <laughs> um, God, that's really hard. It's just so hard to pick one. I don't know. Oh my God. (laughs) That's not fair. Um, Well, Lady Kier. Let's see. Lady Kier, Kate Moss. We talked about her. Um, Bjork, kind of amazing. Incredible Bjork, yeah. I always loved her in the 90s. I mean, you know, she's always always doing something completely bonkers. Yeah. And genius, kind of totally avant garde, right? Yeah. Genuinely avant-garde. Genuinely, totally. Um, whose closet would you most like to raid? Ooh, God, that's tough. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to raid Kate Moss's closet. Yeah, I have to say. I mean, just having done that shoot with her and her kind of like top vintage pieces, I just you know, there's just so much in there. And what's so interesting about her is that she's made thrifting glamorous. Like, I to me, she wears vintage you know make she makes it look the most glamorous out of anybody else yeah. so i love five minutes in her closet she really understands the or chloe movie star. <laughs> yeah or chloe, i mean chloe really i'm choices. sorry has like yeah the insanely, best closet. insanely good closet yeah yeah i love how much i love how she really looks after it as well i think they both really look after their clothes as well yeah i'm you know, sure it's all hung beautifully i've seen kate moss's closet and it is well, I wouldn't call it a closet, actually. I'd call it a beautiful room, you know, yeah. and everything's hung beautifully. Wow. Um, tell me, style movie, what what movie do you think has great style in it? Um, I mean, anything from John Hughes. I, I grew up in the 80s, so, like, um, The Breakfast Club was a huge influence on me with Molly Ringwald and Ali Sheedy. Um yeah. Anything with Winona Ryder, like uh, Beetlejuice and Heathers was super iconic. Edward Scissorhands. Um, My Own Private Idaho. Yeah. Amazing. Like River Phoenix in that movie. Just just their style was just insane. Keanu Mm. Reeves. Yeah. They're really good ones. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to beat. I'd love to know your best fashion tip or your best thrifting secondhand sustainability tip what would it be please uh my I guess my number one tip is um nothing ever fits me whether it's new or old and um I think investing in a great tailor you can make anything look good on you so when I buy vintage technically usually I just buy something a little bit too big and then I bring it over to my best friend who's a tailor and I get him to fit it to me amazing um so I think that's probably, you know, it's so hard to fi- find things that fit well that are vintage, but it's it's not worth passing up a great find for the fit. I think you can you can fix yeah. that later. I think that's a really good tip. I have a tip. My tip this week is, um, I'm really sorry if I'm repeating myself, 
the reason why I'm saying it is because I've just found the most brilliant shirt um, and the men's rail. And I'm just so into the men's rail at the moment, finding these great old shirts. Mm. I found a blue, I guess it's sort of, it's got the labels really old inside, but the shirt itself is worn in the most perfect way. And it's a blue men's shirt. And then it's got YSL on the side. So it's Ooh, kind of office, nice YSL, one. preppy. Chic. And so I would, my tip this week is just head to the men's shirt section and you will find something great. Good one. Um, I, quick fire questions. White or black jeans? Black. Leather or denim? Leather. Thought so. Glossy, <laughs> glossy mag or fanzine? Fanzine. Trainers or heels? Uh, heels. Victoriana or punk? Punk. Jamie Palman, oh. thank you so much. Uh, you've been fantastic. Oh, thank um, you. And thanks I, so much for listening. I'm, oh, sorry, Jamie. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, um, and I, I wanted to say this before, actually, Cheap Date was such a huge influence for me when I was making more or less. And I just wanted to say, like, everything you did with that, you were so ahead of the time. And um, every, you know, it, it's been a huge influence. So I think um, I just wanted you to know that because that's like been really important, I think, for, for me and for a lot of people that knew Chape Date at the time. Thank you so much. And I'm definitely going to leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a lovely thing to say. And Jamie Palmer, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, this thank week's you for having me. Bye, oh. Jamie. Many thanks. Bye. 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 Everybody, thank you so much for listening and please do subscribe and do leave me a review. And if you want to add anything or tell me anything, then I'm at Faye Garnet on Instagram and I'd always love to hear from you. And thank you so much. And remember, keep on thrifting. Thank you so much to eBay for making this podcast happen.